on the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration makes the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. My little nugget I found this week is the single dad, Michael Gardner. It's really a darling story. He was let go of his job in March because of COVID. Mm. And so he had a lot of time to spend with his daughter, Ava. And back history, he began, he, he began sewing for her when she was three as a way to save money and also just to show his love. How old's his daughter? Well, now she's nine. Okay. So he started when she was three. Okay. And really, his mission was just to help his daughter build uh, self-esteem and confidence. And he started off thrifting women's clothing and kind of refashioning oh, them for her. Yeah. And then he got a I little love bit, that. Yeah, got more into it and did tutorials on YouTube and was really oh. self-taught. Mm-hmm. But I guess growing up, his father never acknowledged him. And so it really, he really struggled as a child and teen. And he did not want that for his mm-hmm. for his daughter but since COVID hit, he decided to launch, so he had all this time, a fashion line and a social media campaign, which is the at sign, Daddy Dressed Me by MG. Is, what, is it? Yeah. And soon he had a 17... Now I want to go look it up. Oh, yeah, go look it up. He had 17.9 thousand followers. And it's really sweet. One of Ava's favorite creations that her dad made is a maxi dress and then a glitter tee that says, I love Daddy. Oh, anything glitters good. It's good, and it's worth looking at. It's really cute because he has sometimes matching shirts in a really fun print, and then she's in a dress. And I just thought it was a beautiful story that you know a father, especially seeing a father do something that you kind of typically think is a female. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, but and just also turning something so negative with losing a job and having all this, you know into a positive exactly he didn't waste his time he didn't sit there whining about it he turned it into something positive super sweet super and good sweet, yeah. yeah and that you know he values that time spent with his daughter which i think as a parent i just you know i just love that yeah pulls of the heartstrings that's exactly. for sure exactly so i'm embarrassed to admit this but when I heard that Joe Biden had picked Kamala Harris to be his running mate, I was happy. But the only two things I knew about her was that she was a Democrat and she was a woman. So, um, well, and I knew she was a former prosecutor. So I guess that makes it three things. But how sad is that, that I was so excited and I didn't really know anything about her. But like everyone else, I learned more about her during the campaign. Seriously, though, it wasn't until she was sworn in that I decided I should learn more about our Madam Vice President, and I just love the sound of that. I do, too. I do, too. So I started by requesting her book from the library. <laughs> you would think, you know, it's by Kamala Harris. So it, I pick it up, and when I get it, it's a young reader's edition. So at first I, I was a little bit turned off and thinking I should not read that, but I'm so glad that I did. I'm not proud to admit it, but um, I... After reading this book that was aimed at a much younger generation, I found a huge respect for Ms. Harris. And I, you know, I liked her from the beginning, but I wasn't quite sure why I liked her. And I read somewhere that if you dislike a politician, 
or have a different opinion about a politician, you should read a book they wrote or you should read a book about them. So her book, even though I, I started off liking her, it definitely tipped me even more from the not knowing much about her to being excited about her. So I decided for today just to focus on her early years just because she has so much to unpack with right, her yeah. career and everything that I, I just didn't feel like we could do all of it. So we'll have to do more at another time because her, even though it was geared at young readers, super inspiring to make a difference in the world with your voice. But for today, I'm just going to focus on the ideals that touched me from her youth. Um, and remember, I was working with very little knowledge to start with. So forgive me if I state the obvious that other people know. So I learned that she comes from a very solid family. Her parents met at UC Berkeley and were both very passionate about civil rights. So you see where she gets it. Right, yeah. From both her parents. Her mom was a breast cancer researcher striving to end the disease and her dad was an economist. Shyamala, I'm sure I'm not saying that right, Gopalan was from India and Donald Harris was from Jamaica. Her parents would take Kamala in her stroller to protest at UC Berkeley. And they said that when they'd ask, what do you want, Kamala? She would reply, freedom, with a W, which I think is so cute. Her parents, the love they had for Kamala was definitely eternal, but unfortunately their marriage was not, and they divorced when she was just seven. So I love that she definitely knew she was loved by both parents. They were strong in their own mind with their careers, and I think Kamala and her sister Maya both felt very secure because both parents were independent, and she knew she was loved. Her parents divorced, you know, obviously when she was in elementary school, and before she started school, back in 1967, the superintendent of the Berkeley School District had decided to desegregate the city schools and wanted to set an example for the cities of America, 1967. So, so much is going on in our country. And years later, Kamala Harris would be part of the program. Thousand Oaks Elementary School had predominantly white students before the busing project. They would bus kids from predominantly black, lower-class neighborhoods to a more prosperous white district in an attempt to integrate, which sounds good. I'm not sure how successful it actually was. It'd give them extra time on the bus to play clapping games. Oh, wow, yeah. (laughs) You remember those. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but integration didn't mean that the kids had a better learning experience necessarily. And racism was sadly very much included in that project. Some kids didn't even realize they were black until this started. And then once they were moved to, you know, bus to a different school, they were very much aware that they were different. All of this is part of the growing pains to be where we are today. So Kamala Harris was part of this. I also was impressed with the love, and I know a lot of this is going to go back to her mother, actually, most of it is, that her mother demonstrated just to make the world a better place and a deep devotion to give her black, because she saw her girls as black daughters, the best tools to be confident, proud black women. As a child, Kamala Harris went to a black Baptist church and a Hindu temple. Wow, yeah. I had to let that sink in a little bit, because... Being raised in a Christian church, it was definitely not encouraged to go to other churches. And attending a church of another religion 
wouldn't even be considered. So I admire that Kamala's mom loved her girls enough to expose them to both and not just push her personal Indian viewpoint on her daughters. So, you know, I've told you before that I don't think you're, you really know your religion unless you question it. And I feel like this was so wise of her mom to introduce both to her girls so her girls would have both to choose for themselves. So her mom, fast forward, was accepted, um, she accepted a job in Montreal, Canada, when Kamala was in middle school. It's a tough tough time. Yeah, very tough time. And I read that during the campaign, she had totally downplayed her time spent in Canada because she was fearful of conspiracy theories that would claim she was not American. I, I can't even imagine how hard that must have been for a mother to decide to move them for her job. But it was the best career choice to move her daughters to, to Montreal. And even though it was, they were at impressionable ages, I, it still had to have been extremely difficult. In my young reader's book, <laughs> Kamala Harris said she, she didn't want to move. She had friends in California. And, you know, at the age of 12, she had to go from sunny California right. to, a French, yeah, to a French-speaking Montreal. And I read that in Montreal, it's covered in at least a centimeter of snow for 104 days of the calendar year. A long time. Yeah, and that just sounds absolutely miserable to me. Sunny California sounds so much better. But her mom, who I so admire, tried to make it into fun adventure. I love her spirit. She bought the new mittens and a down coat for the girls, but that still wouldn't change their opinions of the move. It was in Montreal, though, that Kamala Harris, that we know as Madam Vice President, would really start to emerge. In their apartment complex, kids weren't allowed to play on the lawn. which I think is absolutely crazy because now we're like, go outside and play. But anyway, she, at 13, organized a demonstration. And the building owners revoked the ban, and they were allowed to play on the lawn. So already her mother's example was evident in 13-year-old Kamala. Right. And then by high school, she was the extrovert of the two sisters. So she had a younger sister. She has a younger sister named Maya. And apparently Maya is the studious. Kamala is very smart, but she was always into books and the, the younger sister. But with Kamala, she refused to be labeled. And I absolutely 100% admire that. When people would ask her why she had an Indian name, but she didn't look Indian because she looked African-American, she'd have a thoughtful response. But she never lashed out in anger. So I really respect that she always kept things on the higher ground, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, She was a social butterfly, I read. And one of her classmates from Westmount High in Canada noted that she melted with everyone. So her high school, when I I was reading about her high school in Canada, it had super wealthy, but then it also had kids that were from what, they called Chinatown from, you know, all sorts of areas. And then it had kids that were sent there because they had drug issues. So it had everything melted right. all together, all pot. kinds yeah. together. And they said that she thrived in that environment. She got along with everybody and she brought them up. But when she was there, people didn't know that her mother was a high-powered doctor. Dr. Goblin, and once again, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, spent 16 years in Montreal at the Jewish General Hospital. She developed methods that and studied methods that would assess cancerous breast tissues 
equally important to that, she instilled Kamala and her younger sister Maya with admiral values and challenged them to make the world a better place. In high school, her mother allowed a friend to stay with them for a time to escape an abusive stepfather, which I thought was super, just impressive. She provided a loving home with plenty of Indian-inspired dishes and a gentle push towards academia. I also didn't know that she was a dancer. Oh, yeah. She danced with an all-female dance troupe called the Super Six. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) Later, called Midnight Magic. They perform for their high school sometimes and at homes for the elderly. Her name in the group was Angel, which I thought was interesting trivia. But her senior year in high school, a group of girls decided to go stag to their Canadian version of the prom because they felt bad for girls that didn't get invited to the prom, so they decided to do something about it and attended prom together without any dates, which, once again, I think is huge girl power. Huge girl power. Inclusive, you know. Yeah. I feel like so much of what I admire in the young Kamala Harris is really from her mother, which I think is of all of us. She was a strong and courageous woman who made her own path and encouraged her girls to find their way. And unfortunately, you know, she's no longer with us. But in death, I still admire her. She died in 2009 of colon cancer, so obviously didn't get to see her daughter elected or even on the campaign trail and at the time she didn't know she was raising a future vice president but she always encouraged and promoted hard work and persistence perseverance in her book she said something about she was running some Kamala was running somewhere and her mom screamed do you have the ironing board (laughs) because for her campaign for attorney general she would be in front of supermarket stores and in front of banks or whatever with her ironing board and her little pamphlets that she would hand out so her mom was part of that and so it kind of is funny that with an ironing boarding duct tape right really began her her career her political career yeah and even in death I so admire her mom so I know this was supposed to be on Kamala Harris but really it boils down to it was more so on her mom in lieu of flowers after she died she requested donations be made to breast cancer action which is a U.S.-based nonprofit organization supported by and for women with breast cancer. They're known for their popular 2002 campaign, Think Before You Pink, which I know a lot of people don't know about pink washing and stuff related to money donated to the breast cancer cause. But that particular campaign was big on holding corporations accountable for money that was donated in the name of breast cancer making sure that it actually went to the cause and not elsewhere yeah so um, I loved that Kamala took her mother's ashes and scattered them along the peninsula in India full circle I just feel like it her mother kind of lives on through her even from her name to you know her Indian upbringing did you I read that her name is means lotus in in India yes yes and uh Her mom had said also about her middle name, I think, is Dobby, which goddess. So she, her mom had said in some interview that in the Hindu culture, they, they so admire and respect women. And I think that's something that we're kind of missing in the Western culture. I don't think we respect women nearly as much as 
as we should. But Sister Maya and I were raised by a strong mother. She taught us not only to dream, but to do. She taught us to believe in our power, to right what is wrong. And she was the kind of person who, if you came home complaining about something, she'd say, well, what are you going to do about it? End of quote. And when she said that, she said, and often with a hand on her hip. And I love this because it refuses to be the victim. She's asking, what can I do to make it better? Because there's always stuff that we can do to make things better. And little did she know, she was raising the future vice president president of the best country in the world. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I know this was supposed to be on Kamala Harris, but really, I just so admire her mom because she raised two amazing girls and one is now our second in charge. A few more things that we uncovered about uh, Kamala Harris. I didn't realize that she was a musician, played piano, violin, and French horn. I did not know that either. Super smart. Yeah. All around. Um, She's written three books, and obviously... You read one. The Young Readers (laughs) Edition, The Truths We Hold. And truthfully, I would say I think everyone should read that, because even if you disagree with her take, her family did not see her as being a prosecutor because forever they were the ones that were like police brutality and and all of this so they they didn't necessarily agree with that but they supported her through it because they believed in her and they believed she had integrity and and the right passion for it for what she was trying to do so they believed in her even though they weren't sure what she was doing so I did I loved that yeah I also found that she did a YouTube cooking show because um, she loves cooking. <laughs> so, Thanksgiving, we did do our stuffing. Oh. I think I didn't include some type of meat or something that was in it. And my kids don't really like stuffing. So, I think I ate all of it. But I was still excited to do it. And it was better than my Obama chili because I tried the Obama chili with his inauguration. And I left out the chili powder. <laughs> so. <laughs> you left out the spice. Yeah. yeah. Everyone that came and ate it didn't say a word. However... Like, when everybody left, you know, you have a, yeah. people over. Everybody left, and I finally had a bowl. Like, there was no taste to this. Right. Why did no one tell me? And then it was because there was Aww. no, there, there were no spices in it. I didn't spice up my Obama chili. So, anyway, I think she's a great cook. I The other thing is, she's big on her Sunday meals. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're always on Sunday, but in her book, and I love that she, family is so important to her with her stepchildren. That, like, her and the ex-wife, like, compete, not lovingly competed. They both were the loudest supporters, the loudest cheerleaders at the daughter's basketball games. Wow. So I just loved hearing about their relationship and the Sunday dinners that she made sure she might have missed their graduation, which she was sick about, but she made it home by that dinner. So, she, you know, she's trying to juggle a lot. But that's amazing. A family meal once a week to her is is super important. Home cooked meal is super important. And even when she thought when it looked like with the attorney general she had lost the election originally, she called up one of her friends who had a chicken restaurant that they did like chicken and whatever. And she's like, What can you get us? And you know, he got the chicken and I don't know, potatoes or whatever. Some feel good thing. Yeah. In the middle of the night for them to eat when they were trying to figure out, just wait around for stuff to come around with the attorney general count. So food 
is definitely a feel-good comfort thing. Right. I also okay. read that she taught Mark Warner oh. how to cook a tuna melt, which wow. sounds absolutely disgusting to me. <laughs> she has strong views. She's okay Aww. if people disagree with her. She wants to hear what- Yeah, I read, like, her favorite books. Uh, Joy Luck Club by Amy Tang and Sansa Solomon by Toni Morrison. Um, that's kind of just a fun little... I, I read that she wrote three books, obviously the one. I started with that. Superheroes are everywhere. I kind of think I want to get that for my nephews because it's for ages three to seven. Oh, cute. And it's really about standing up for what's right. With uh, The Truths We Hold, An American Journey, one of my favorite quotes in there that she she wrote... A patriot is not someone who condones the conduct of our country, whatever it does. It's someone who fights every day for the ideals of the country, whatever it takes. So I just think she's very strong, even with how she grilled Kavanaugh with the Supreme Court nomination. She is she stands up for her values and she's not going to back down. She's not worried about what people think about her. She has strong views. She's okay if people disagree with her. She wants to hear why so that we both can grow, so that people can move on together. So I think that's very impressive. I love that her stepkids call her Mama La. That's darling. I think it's super sweet. And once again, in my young reader's edition, it talked about their relationship, her and her husband, Doug, and like, the loving relationship between them and then the kids, like the kids always come first, which is how it should be. So I obviously love that too. Cole and Ella apparently are the stepkids and I, I think the unit, all of them, I'm just impressed with. I loved reading, I did not know this, that she worked and admired Bo Biden in the oh, during the recession that, yeah. of 2008 when she was working on that housing project and all of that. And <clears throat> the housing crisis, she... 2011 worked with Bo and said that he taught a ton and just so admired her dad or excuse me his dad oh so I think it's fast forward to now them working together and her being his vice president I just I, I I love it with the mom obviously she brought the Hindu to the the marriage and the dad was Baptist but I I just love that and I'm not like I said, I was raised Christians, but Hindu is a religion that worships goddesses and they produce strong and wonderful women. So you said, you know, it reminded you of Wonder Woman. Totally yeah. reminds me of the Amazonian women. Yeah. And I I think she's she reminds me of a Wonder Woman, which really her mom is where that's I feel like all that started. Yeah. yeah. I was excited when she was nominated, when he picked her, but after reading her book and after learning a little bit more about Kamala, I'm even more excited. My find this week was inspired, and I'm I'm I apologize for mispronouncing her name, Chayamala Gobelin, Kamala Harris's mother, who was a well-respected breast cancer researcher. And her mission, besides raising great independent women, was to end breast cancer. Much like Chayamala Gobelin, Judy Garobane, and I'm probably mispronouncing her name too, from Spain, is fighting breast cancer with science. She's developed at 23. Whoa. I know. Yeah. I know. A box to help people detect breast cancer with a urine sample. So being a breast cancer survivor, I know that, you know, all of 
the biopsies and all that, it's very invasive. So for someone to do a urine sample that you can do at home, convenient. pretty convenient and just crazy amazing. Two things that inspired this young lady. One was that her mother had breast cancer. She had already kind of been interested in this, but then that only further pushed her into it. And two, dogs being able to detect cancer. That's amazing. Which I know that now they're using dogs, trying to train them to detect COVID-19. But it first was discovered in 1989 when a canine was observed showing interest in their human's mole. And it ended up being cancerous. So animals are just, just amazing. But this young lady was always drawn to math and science. Her father's an electrical engineer, and when she was 15... She attended an exhibition on future career pathways for the teacher, which kind of like we talked about a couple times ago with teachers just making huge impressions and changing the future. This is another teacher that uh, hopefully is changing the future. But she immediately fell in love with biomedical engineering. So she decided to not be a medical doctor and go into um, biomedical engineering. Thank goodness she decided to. Her blue box, which is what she created won the James Dyson Award in 2020 and will hopefully increase breast cancer survival rate. The James Dyson Award, I had to look that up because yeah. I didn't know what it was. It is an international competition that celebrates and rewards designers for problem-solving ideas. And I want to say I, I, I want to say it was like 30000 whatever she ended up winning, she is using for this project. But wow, um, awesome. just, yeah. So many great things on, on that list, but early detec- detection is really the key for breast cancer survival, and too many women are put off with the testing due to economic reasons, and a lot of ladies just don't want to go get a mammogram because right. it's uncomfortable. I mean, it's, I don't even want to say it's uncomfortable. It's borderline painful for, right. that, for that whole thing. And I was reading one study, one article that noted that mortality rates are increasing with breast cancer, which I had to double check because yeah. with all of the advances we're making, I I just wanted to make sure. Didn't have North America in the list, but all around the world, it was showing a pretty steep uptick wow, with I wonder what people that... dying. I think they're not getting diagnosed. diagnosed early. And early diagnosis is the really the key. So, And this was from a 25-year study that indicated the slope with breast cancer mortality, despite the advances. Right. Scientists are making huge strides, but she's hopeful to make that blue box affordable for all. With the prize money, they are using it to patent her idea. And they're still in the early trials, but so far, the tests have been 95% accurate. Wow. 95% accurate. That's pretty incredible. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy accurate. So she's in Spain, though. So yeah. I mean, and having access, like, so it would be through that. Through- well, it, so she was. She's from Spain, but now she's in uh, yes. California. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, she's fine tuning it at um, the University of California. Oh, okay. Irvine. Gotcha. So um, and she's preparing it. She's fine tuning it, preparing it for clinical trials because she's hoping to get it approved both from the FDA and from the EMA. And she wants to get the cost down to around $60 per household. Would be amazing. But she wants to offer an affordable and super convenient way 
to screen for people that don't have other options. So the urine sample, you just put it in, it goes over, right, it goes yeah. to the cloud and her algorithms that she's figured out. And, and, and she noted that the more women that participate in this, actually the more accurate it gets. So the more that participate in it, the better it is. So it would be a great and convenient screening option so women wouldn't have to go to the doctor and get an invasive, you know, right. biopsy. The yearly, I mean, still would probably want to do the yearly mammogram, but it's just another another, task. another step to right. help with breast cancer. And all at 23. Wow. That's so incredible. Like and subscribe. Follow Transgential Inspiration on Facebook and Instagram.